Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show number 962. On a show back in September, our guest was Emma Gregg from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, who gave us a preview of this year's Project Feeder Watch, a wonderful citizen science project that any of us can be part of right from our kitchen window or just about any place else. Um, if you want to listen to Emma talk about that, she's terrific. That show was number 953 on the 24th of September and uh, easy to find under the listen button at TalkingBirds.com. There's so, no G in talking. No G, that's TalkingBirds.com. Well, Project Feeder Watch is now underway, and this is a reminder that it's not too late to take part. Just go to FeederWatch.org to see how to do it, FeederWatch.org. We're about to have the pleasure of listening to two audio postcards today, one from Leslie Andrich, reporting from Minnesota, and one from Haley Perez in Southern California, starting with this short and sweet postcard from Leslie. This is Leslie of Rubicon, Wisconsin. I'm in Brownsville, Minnesota, along the Mississippi River, to experience both seeing and hearing the tundra swan migration. Wow, there's thousands of them. Have a good day. Thank you, Leslie, those tundra swans on the Mississippi and Minnesota. We have another audio postcard. They were kind of late getting to this one. Haley Perez sent this to us in the second week in October. She was at a quiet place just east of L.A., a quiet place with some noisy friends. Hello, everyone. This is Haley from San Diego, California. My husband and I are currently on a weekend trip to Big Bear Lake, and I'm sitting outside our cabin this morning. It's very chilly, very peaceful, and there are dozens and dozens of very noisy Stellar's Jays hopping all around me. I'm also seeing some northern flickers, American robins, acorn woodpeckers, and mountain chickadees. There's lots to see and hear. Happy birding! Happy birding to you, Haley, and thank you for that audio postcard. We love getting them. And uh, if you'd like to make an audio postcard, please do. We love we love getting those audio postcards from anywhere and everywhere. And uh, pretty easy to do. Just grab your smartphone or some digital recording device and just make a recording of your describing birds that you're seeing in your backyard or anywhere else. And then just send the file to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. That's Ray at TalkingBirds.com. You can use that same address if you have any questions about how to do that, as we are standing by uh, to assist. Woo, that's our mystery bird. The little sound there of our bird 
And this is a preview of the contest coming a little bit later on in the show. We have some extra special prizes today, too. Our mystery bird is a large, deep-diving water bird with a thin bill and a long, kind of a rear-sloping body. It's pale gray and white in the winter and dark gray with a red throat patch in breeding season. North American populations of our bird breed in Arctic regions of Canada as well as most of Alaska and winter along the southern coasts of the U.S. and down through Mexico and the West Indies and South America. That's our mystery bird. The contest coming along in just a bit. Wonderful prizes from our new friends, Fresh Cut Paper, makers of those beautiful life-size pop-up floral bouquets that are wilt-proof, crafted to last a lifetime, and coming with a small fraction of the carbon footprint of imported flowers. We love those things, and we're happy to be having that as a prize. Plus, one of our, well, our favorite coffee, it's shade-grown, bird-friendly, and truly delicious Birds and Beans Coffee, grown under the natural forest canopy in Central America to preserve wintering habitat for warblers and tanagers and thrushes and hummingbirds and more heading down or down there already right about now. And we have an extra prize this morning. This is, this is not for our bonus question. This is just in our regular prize there if you get our mystery bird. And it's a copy of the new Backyard Birds Field Guide. We have an Eastern edition and a Western edition. So depending on where our winner is calling from, we can accommodate. So this is a special guide uh, by uh, birding expert Eric Carlson and famous bird photographer Brian Small. It has 99 of the bird species that you usually expect to see where in your region, east or west. Sometimes these little Backyard field guides don't have many birds in them, but these certainly do. And it's really designed for beginning birders. So if you have a beginning birder in your family or circle of friends, or if you're a beginning birder, it's a kind of a perfect thing. And it is really gorgeous with a color map and index. It has uh, bird illustrations showing the parts of birds, so very educational as well. So that's a little extra prize on our Mystery Bird Contest, coming along a little bit later on this morning. We're happy to be able to have more Talking Birds ambassadors to salute again this morning. Folks who kind of step up and help us do what we're trying to do, which is just to get the word out about the wonder of birds and the importance of conservation. So thank you to Bill Kepler from Wilmington, North Carolina. Thank you so much, Bill. And thank you to Dora from Seekonk, Massachusetts. She says, nuthatches are my all-time favorites. Hope you see a lot of those red-breasted nuthatches this uh, fall and winter, Dora. And thank you for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Let's hear from another ambassador sharing a bit about his reason for becoming one. My name is George Dokes, and I'm from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I became a Talking Bird Ambassador because I feel like I'm a steward of the earth, and a part of that is making sure that other people know about what's going on with birds in terms of the environment. When I'm out watching birds and I come across other people that are watching birds, that's when I start talking about the show. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds Ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Yeah, when you visit the website, just go to the Get Involved tab. 
up at the top of the homepage. Still to come today, we'll welcome back a favorite guest, J.D. Bergeron from International Bird Rescue. We'll tell us about his group's important ongoing work on behalf of birds, plus a new game they're working on and their connection to a new bird-themed movie. Also today, Mike O'Connor from the famous Bird Watchers General Store will join us for a Let's Ask Mike segment, almost live from the archive, about how to make uh, the best choice if you're in the market for new binoculars or spotting scope. And up next, a little sea shanty-style music to introduce today's featured feathered friend. If you were going to design a seabird, you might want its features to include desalinator glands to get rid of excess salt so that it could drink seawater. You might want to add webbed feet for fast swimming and maybe short, sturdy wings for diving underwater to feed. And waterproof feathers for extra insulation while still allowing for dives. And maybe you'd also like to add a touch of citrus scent. Yes, citrus scent, a feature of numerous seabirds, including the bird with attributes just described, today's featured feathered friend, the northern fulmar. Northern fulmars look like extra sturdy gulls with a heavier neck and head, but with stiff wings and prominent nostril tubes for expelling salt. They occur in light and dark phases, Light morph birds have gray upper parts and are white on the head, neck, and underparts. The dark morph birds are gray overall, and there are many intermediate shades. And although the northern fulmar looks kind of like a gull, the prominent nostril tubes are a clue that it's actually one of the tube noses, along with albatrosses and shearwaters and petrels to whose family the fulmar belongs. All of these species are believed to have a highly developed sense of smell, which they use to locate breeding areas and food, including from the fishing boats that they often follow. By the way, thanks to our friend J.D. Bergeron from International Bird Rescue for telling me about that citrus scent thing. I'll thank him in person when he joins me in just a moment as the guest on today's show. The Northern Fulmar. Fulmaris glacialis, today's Talking Birds, featured feathered friend. Thanks for being with us. Welcome again to our show number 962. International Bird Rescue was founded in 1971 in response to a major oil spill near San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge and has since responded to more than 250 oil spills and other wildlife emergencies caring for more than 160,000 birds on six continents. Its executive director is J.D. Bergeron, and he joins us now to tell us about the work that continues. Good morning, J.D. Good morning, Ray. Great to have you back again, and I said I was going to thank you about for telling me about that citrus scent thing, so uh, thank you. We, we didn't know that. And this, this particular bird, I think you said, is uh, more citrusy even than some others. Is that, is that right? 
That's right. You can always tell when there is a fulmar in the uh, the rehab center because it literally fills the air with that sort of citrus smell. I, I won't say that it's as appetizing as maybe cut oranges, but it certainly has a very similar scent. Yeah, is, they're working on it. Is there any sense of what, what what that's about or why they have that? You know, I started I started looking into it at one point, and it is something shared by seabirds. Um, there was a long-held idea that birds did not ha- have any sense of smell, and I mm-hmm. believe that that has been updated quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's somehow related. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a strong scent at sea probably would be quite useful in sticking with your your own kind, and a lot of these seabirds do uh, stay in large groups. Mm-hmm. Well, the last time you were on the show also, you talked about your rescue of a white pelican. It happened to be right around Thanksgiving, I believe, in 2018. And that involved surgery and extensive rehabilitation after the bird got caught in some lost or discarded fishing line. And you've rescued many more birds since then. Many of them also have fallen victim to wayward fishing line and fish hooks, right? That's exactly right. Um, that bird actually went on to be our bird of the year that same year, uh, just because it was a story that really inspired folks. And that's kind of connected to the message today. Um, when we think of fishing line fish hooks, I think more more um, more of the, the news and, and storytelling is about this sort of deep sea fishing, which, of course, is a really serious uh, problem for, mm-hmm. for large birds like um well, fulmars as well as albatrosses and things. But uh, what we're worried about these days and what comes into our center more frequently is the everyday fisher folk at the local pond or river or stream. Um, and I, I'm I'm certain that no one is intending to catch a bird. Um, you know, the line snags on a tree or uh, a rock underwater, whatever. And, uh, you know, the inclination is to cut cut it off. Um, unfortunately, what, what happens, it is the number one cause of injuries that come into our centers in California. Uh, and I knew that, know that is also true uh, throughout the country. Um, the injuries can be quite severe, especially mm-hmm. since birds tend to swallow the fish scented uh, hooks. Um, mm-hmm. The swallowed hooks are actually less of a challenge than the ones that are embedded in flesh. Uh-huh. Well, you're in the business of creating awareness of the challenges birds face from things like fishing gear, as well as oil spills and all kinds of trash, especially plastic trash, I'll wager, in the recent years, bird flu. And you're working on an awareness-enhancing photo game called What's Wrong With This Picture? And I believe you're looking for input, right, from folks in the creation of that game. That's exactly right. I've been doing this for a while in uh, a lot of us birders. We, we learn to look at healthy birds and really appreciate their plumage and, and behaviors. I, I find that a lot of folks don't actually have an awareness about when a bird is in trouble. So I've got a small collection of photos, including a common loon sitting on a beach, which is not something you want to see, uh, what salmonellosis looks like mm. in pine siskins, uh, what fishing line fish hook might look like, it, you know, when a bird is somewhat obscured by bushes and things. So I'm really inviting folks to send us their photos of birds in trouble. Uh, and that can be something quite obvious or it could be something not so obvious. So I uh, would really love to invite folks to send us any photos they have of birds that are somehow um, out of the ordinary in the wrong place or in peril um, in a road or whatnot. And they can send those to Pelican at birdrescue.org. Pelican at birdrescue.org. Pelican at birdrescue.org. Got it. 
Uh, one more thing I want to ask you about, J.D., it concerns a duck called Uncle Dan, who took part <laughs> in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade promoting a new film called Migration. And there's an international bird rescue connection there, right? There is. Uh, the film is about a family of ducks that are migrating. And uh, early in the process, the folks um, in making that film decided to do something good by helping uh, promote bird conservation. So while the messages there are very much about comedy and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, they will be doing a public service announcement alongside bird rescue. Nice. Uh, folks who were watching either the Macy's Day Parade or football on Thanksgiving probably already saw a commercial about migration, including uh, Dawn Dish Soap, which we've been using for many years, and uh, and bird rescues, rescue work. So uh, really excited to collaborate in an unusual way to try to do something good for birds. All right, more good stuff for birds. J.D. Bergeron is the executive director of International Bird Rescue, doing good things on behalf of birds and our planet since 1971. And it's easy to find out more about them online at birdrescue.org. Uh, that's birdrescue.org. J.D., I wonder if you want to give that uh, email address again for folks to contribute to uh, the um, What's Wrong With This Picture game. Yeah, thanks, Ray. It's pelican at birdrescue.org. Pelican at birdrescue.org. Thanks, folks. J.D. Bergeron here on Talking Birds. And uh, up next, here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. That sort of eerie sound... Let's us know that our mystery bird contest is now officially underway. Our mystery bird is a large, deep-diving water bird with a thin bill and kind of a long, rear-sloping body, pale gray and white in the winter, dark gray with a red throat patch in summer. North American populations uh, breed in Arctic regions of Canada, most of Alaska as well, and winter along the southern coasts of the U.S. and down through Mexico, the West Indies, and South America. That's our bird in the sound and some clues uh, about the bird. And the most important thing here would be the phone number. And we invite you to call us and as soon as you can for a chance to identify that bird. As always, no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. So give it a try at 781-837-4900. And we'll give that number again in a moment. Prizes include five gorgeous bouquets from fresh-cut paper that are absolutely beautiful and have a small fraction of the carbon footprint of imported 
flowers. And Fresh Cut also plants a tree for every bouquet sold. And they partner with 1% for the Planet, an international organization whose members contribute at least 1% of their annual revenue to environmental causes. And a big bag of our favorite coffee, shade-grown, bird-friendly, delicious birds and beans coffee. And our extra prize here, kind of for the season. Uh, Also as part of our package for our mystery bird, it's a copy of the new Backyard Birds Field Guide, east or west, depending where you are. And this is not a field guide with just like a half a dozen birds in it. You may have seen those for the backyard. These have 99 birds and gorgeous photography by, uh, by Brian Small, who's one of the greatest bird photographers, I think, on the planet. So all those prizes on our Mystery Bird Contest, and we even have a feather-friendly window collision kit for our bonus prize. So please give us a call as soon as possible at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, almost live from the archive, let's ask Mike um, in just one minute. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful, and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there, just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. For Mike O'Connor down there, my good friend Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Mike, I I, I don't want to say that I forgot you this uh, morning, but uh, I, I guess I did. But I'm sorry about that. Little little too much partying last night, Ray. Was it? Little. <laughs> There's just some wild birding. That's all up there in the North Shore of Massachusetts uh, yesterday. That's what. That's what it was. That's all it. Uh, that's all it takes to uh, to throw me off. Apparently. But Mike, last week we talked uh, with our optics expert from Vortex Optics about binoculars and scopes, and and I know you sell those things in your store, so you uh, you have some insight about what folks should buy and stuff like that, right? Well, we're right. Adrian's right, and he, he represents a good company. That's a really wonderful company. But for some reason, there are binoculars that people, I think you even said it like you see in the back of magazines that people still want to buy. And I get, <laughs> I get this question a lot. They, you know, the people want these so-called zoom binoculars yeah. because spotting scopes, are, you put them on a tripod and they zoom into the target and you can high, get high magnification. So people think, okay, let's get that in binoculars because I don't want to carry around the tripod. I don't want to spend that money. The trouble is zoom binoculars are just so much just totally inferior to regular binoculars they're kind of a gimmick they're kind of like those like like those things like you see in the back of the magazines and they they also because magnification is something 
where it has a limit of being able to hold in our hands. Most people can hold about an eight magnification, and then after that, it becomes difficult to hold it steady. So if you zoom in the image with these gimmicky zoom binoculars, the image becomes larger, which is nice, but also becomes dark, grainy, and because of the shaking in our hands, and we all shake, even you know, even when you're sober, Ray, you'll shake a little bit. <laughs> so because of our breathing, and the image becomes jittery and, mm. and and not very clear. So here's right: get something a fixed focus, probably about an eight power, eight by forty-two. You can go for a compact if you're doing a lot of hiking, maybe an eight by twenty-five. And the twenty-five or the forty-two refers to the the objective lens, the big lens at the front. And so you can get something smaller, which is which is fine. But stay away from those gimmicky kind. They, they used to they make these things called focus-free binoculars where there was no focus wheel at all. Please avoid those because they don't give you ability to, to make a crisp image. There's just a generic, everything is kind of, sort of, in focus. But it'd be like borrowing somebody else's eyeglasses. You need to make that adjustment. So kind of of, of, avoid those. And the last thing is, and he mentioned, and everybody says this, get the most expensive binoculars you can afford. I'm not 100% sold on that idea. If if you are just, and I think a lot of your listeners are kind of just backyard people, and they don't really leave the backyard. They just want to see the cardinals and the chickadees. Then get something a little less expensive, and that's all. perhaps all you need. But if you do graduate and become one of these hardcore, you know, uh, Richard Crossley people where you go out in the field all the time, then you can upgrade your binoculars, but you have the less expensive pair to share with a friend or to keep in, you know, to keep in the house when you're going around. So that's all I gotta say. That's Stay a away lot. From the zoom that binoculars, was, yeah. and uh, if if you're out birding and you see someone birding, ask to borrow this just to see if you like them. Okay, you you said a lot. I'm gonna listen back to it later. To yeah, hear and write my name yeah, down so I, you remember who I, I am. I will. Yeah, it's O'Connor, Mike O'Connor, got it. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll talk to you next week, Mike. Okay. All right. Cool. You guys- All right, I'm only going to play this for a few seconds here because uh, it's enough already. That's our mystery bird. On to the contest here and on to a call from Jim in Braintree, Massachusetts. Good morning, Jim. How you doing? Doing well, Jim. Going well. Beautiful day here in the uh, Bay State. And I guess you heard the clues and, and uh, all of that on our mystery bird. And what do you say? Red-throated loon. You said it. You said it. Right, red-throated loon, that red throat patch in the summer, a good descriptor and uh, identifier for that bird. So, um, Jim, we have some nice prizes for you from uh, Fresh Cut Paper and Birds and Beans. We have that bonus prize of the uh, Backyard Birds East or West. So you, you, I'm guessing you might want the East ones unless you have some of those gimmicky binoculars, in which case you could see the birds out West from where you are. But, uh, I've got binoculars, but they don't go that far. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Okay. So we'll put you down for the Eastern edition, then. Correct. All right. We do have time for a bonus question, too. You could win another thing here, if you want to try that. Sure. Okay. It's a multiple choice. According to Nature.com's Nature Portfolio Journal, which color do most people find most attractive in birds? Is it A, blue, B, red, C, green, or that now discontinued Crayola shade burnt umber? I always like that one, but they, they got rid of that. What do you think, Jim? Favorite color? I think I would go with red. Red is a top quality answer there, but it's actually blue. 
Most people uh, said they like uh, blue. I think I have some other info about that here. Let me see what uh, what they said about that, about the color blue. Uh, oh, they also like things like longer crests and or lar- long, larger crests and longer tails. And this is interesting. Smaller species were found to be more attractive to people in general than larger species. And although it's not related to appearance, species with larger range size were found to be more attractive than those with smaller ranges. And I don't get that at all, but I'll have to check into that. Anyway, like a little blue heron. Yes, indeed. Jim, hold on the line and we'll get uh, your info and send you those prizes. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jim. Correctly identifying the red-throated loon as our mystery bird. And before we go... Uh, folks do ask us, and we're most grateful for it, how they can support our show to help it go and keep going and thriving and surviving. Well, there's a new way to do it, new to us. It's the Talking Birds Patreon. And you may have heard of Patreon associated with lots of podcasts. And it's a wonderful way to support our show if you like our show, and also a way for us to offer some really nice perks in return, some behind-the-scenes photos and some special video interviews and notated um, program uh, program sheets from our show. And we have other stuff. I just can't remember what it is. Oh, we have um, customized um, video greetings, too. So all those things. Go to patreon.com slash talkingbirds to find out all about it. Patreon.com slash talkingbirds. Or you can just go to talkingbirds.com. You can find it there as well. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.